These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate, the dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And today I am excited to be welcoming to the podcast an old friend and colleague, Lauren Steffi. Lauren was the Chronicle's business columnist for about 10 years. He is the author of at least two books and He is now Managing Director of 30 Point Strategies, a communications firm based out of the D.C. area. Lauren, welcome to Looped In. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Lauren, we are also joined by Gregory Kallenberg, a documentary filmmaker and writer and Texan, I think. Former Texan. Former Texan. Yes. I have asked both of you guys to come on the show today to talk about a web series you recently created about immigration And it touches on Harvey and the recovery and the labor shortage our city and really our country is facing right now. But before we get into the heavy stuff, Greg, I must say that I am honored to have a guest on Looped In who has an IMDb profile. (laughs) There you go. Well, you know, every now and then that happens. I don't know if it happens as much with a real estate podcast, but (laughs) if I'm the first, I am hugely honored to be the first. Yeah, you might be the first. I think it's really (laughs) cool. And I'm just, I'm really dying to ask you about one of your former film projects. Um, Can we talk about it? It's called Eating Levi. Oh my God. Oh my, you've really <laughs> dug deep on that one. <laughs> it's, it's, that was, yeah, that was my first um, documentary that I did. It was about a competitive eater's um, quest for fame. Uh-huh. And um, it played wonderfully in Europe where they like to see um, people in America uh, eat a lot and get fat. So, yeah. um, so we, we knocked it out of the park in Europe on that. I'm, I'm huge in Lithuania. <laughs> okay, well, it was tamales, right? It, it was, was. It was tamales. Actually, the, he did his um, his finals here in Houston at Berry Hill. Oh, really? Yes. So the the heartbreaking conclusion of that film, if you haven't seen it, sorry to be a spoiler, um, <laughs> um, was at the Berry Hill um, uh, International Tamale Eating Championship. Okay. Well, that sounds really fun. I I love those kind of kind of films and documentaries. So I'm going to check it out. And I actually witnessed a matzo ball eating contest once. Oh my God. Uh-huh. That I, next time you go, I want to go with you. I mean, if there is a matzo ball eating contest, yeah. I, I need to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. It was several years ago. I, yes. I'm sure they still do it. I yes. mean, the I mean, j- j- just is... when I thought I'd shaken the moniker as the guy that did the competitive eating documentary, uh-huh. you bring it all back. Thank you. Thank I'm you. So, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah, can't wait to watch that. So, all right, let's get to why we're really here today, your video project. So this is a web series called The Rational Middle of Immigration, and these videos include some really powerful images and important voices from our community you did this project for the Center for Houston's Future. What What is that? What is the Center for The Houston's Center for Houston's Future is actually a think tank that operates as an arm of the Greater Houston Partnership. It was set up by the partnership uh, a number of years ago. I don't remember exactly when, but to, to study some of the big issues facing the city. And um, when Gregory and I first started talking about doing uh, – 
the rational middle. The rational middle had been done as a as a series looking at energy issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's about 24 episodes uh, called the rational middle of energy. And when we first started talking about adapting that model to another topic like immigration, uh, we began looking for you know who who would help fund this, who would get behind this, who had an interest in in broadening the understanding of immigration. And of course, Houston was the obvious place to start because uh, we're we're kind of uh, at the vanguard of a lot of these issues given the diversity of our community. And so the Center for Houston's Future was really um, just kind of the logical choice to uh, to approach about this. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely want to talk about one video in particular, but could you just provide a little more background about the project? I mean, what was really your goal and, and what do you hope people get out of this? Yeah, I mean, you know, the rational middle really started with the rational middle of energy. Um, yeah. And um, what we saw with rational middle of energy was the ability to bring people with sort of almost divisive opinions into a place, show them a foundation of facts through a very cinematic and sort of accessible um, tool, which is mm-hmm. what, basically watching a movie, and then having them sort of create a s- civil solutions-based discussion. Um, the the series, the Rational of Energy, was funded by Shell. Um, we, it's now online at rashmetal.com. Um, there are 24 short films. The films have been seen or downloaded 6 million times. And so what we saw was we saw this incredible, unexpected success on how to bring a message to people and then to inform them and then for them to activate. And when Lauren brought us the idea of doing something on immigration, um, it really wasn't something that that was um, very uh, – well, I, I'll just say it. It just scared me, you know, it was like a weird <laughs> third rail. And I think that 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 once we sort of got into it, it, it became a passion project. I mean, watching mm-hmm. that issue and how important it is, not only to the emotional side of the people on my staff, but also just to the economic side of the issue. And that, that was really what attracted me to, uh, you know, delving into this issue of immigration. Um, there's a lot of rhetoric. There's a lot of vitriol. There's a lot of people slinging, you know, slogans around and that kind of thing. Um, there's not a lot of understanding, uh, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Most native-born Americans have very little contact with the immigration system. Um, and they, they certainly ha- don't have a realization of the economic issues that, that you know, or driving a lot of the the immigration debate, and so what I what I saw with the rational middle of energy, and I'd participated in a, in a panel discussion that Gregory had put on here with the World Affairs Council. Uh, you know, it's really a great format between the videos and the and the panel discussions that kind of go hand in hand with them. It's a great way to get people thinking about these issues in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have something like immigration that's complex and often very heated, mm-hmm. um, it it helps people to kind of step back and say, "Huh, I hadn't I hadn't thought of that before." And it, it makes them kind of, uh, you know, gives them pause and, and causes them to, to reconsider. Right. When I was looking at some of the videos, I thought, wow, these would be great in schools. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know if that's something that, that teachers might pick up on at, at some point and say, hey, we should show these. But but then again, um, you know, they they might be seen as having an agenda and – well, it's interesting because, I mean, we do – obviously, we all learned about immigration in school, right? Mm-hmm. We, we learned about how important it is in American history. So it's sort of ironic that now we're having these debates in, in, in public uh, mm-hmm. about whether there's a benefit to immigration or not, essentially. Um, but that's not something that we doubted in this country until very recently. Mm-hmm. So 
Lauren, when we talked about you coming on the show, you suggested that this topic might be a little bit too far afield for Looped In, but I think it ties into a lot of what we've talked about here in terms of Houston's recovery and after Harvey, housing and the economy, and just what's been this tremendous issue for our city and builders and people I talk to all the time, and that's the labor shortage. So with that, let's talk about episode three, which is called Immigration's Crossroad, Rebuilding After Hurricane Harvey. The video highlights the damage caused by Harvey, really powerful images, incredible footage. I'm not sure where that came from, um, if if you guys were out here doing doing that. They were actually filming as the storm rolled in. They yeah, were uh, filming at a construction site. So, uh, so, so a lot of that, a lot of that footage is borrowed from from news footage. Okay, but um, but what's interesting was, I mean, in the short story of of that episode was um, we were filming an episode or trying to film an episode about the construction industry and the importance of immigrants in the construction imi- mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you that it didn't feel authentic to me because it was a bunch of white construction guys talking about how they needed immigrants to help them do their work. And I know the other side of it, which is people going, well, that guy is is either exploiting labor or there should be an American in the job. And so it just wasn't resonating with me. We were filming in a building the day that Hurricane Harvey blew in. And um, I had this very intrepid millennial staff that was like, no, 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 we should stay in film. And I'm like, my wife would kill me if I got stuck in Houston, <laughs> Texas. And what was interesting about Houstonians was a lot of them were like, you're you're a wuss for going right. home. You know, this thing is going to blow this through. happens all the time. Should, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it wasn't until we got home and got to see what happened, which was this lingering storm and and all the water that fell on Houston. And then the receding of the storm and then what was left afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, in the in the video, Marvin Odom, the chief recovery officer of Houston, says that there are 300,000 um, residences that need repairing or rebuilding, right? I mean, that's right. a mind-blowing number. And then all of a sudden, we were able to sort of crystallize and catalyze the idea that really what this episode should be is looking at what it's going to take for a city like Houston, the fourth largest city in the country, a 6% of the GDP is right here in Houston, Texas, to get back on track. And you can't do that without immigrant labor. And I think that that is sort of a jumping off point for the episode is kind of where we started. And then, you know, thanks to Lauren and and his vast network of, mm-hmm. of people that are out there. I mean, you have, you know, Mayor Turner out there talking about how immigrants are needed to to rebuild the city. That there there are some incredibly unique unique things in that that episode that that should be resonating not just in Houston but nationally. Right. Yeah, and I think that's really the key point is that that Houston's an analog for the rest of the country in this sense. I mean, um, you know, we're, we, it's more pr- pronounced here, and Harvey has certainly shined a very bright light on the issue and accelerated a lot of what was already underway here in Houston. But other cities, starting in the South, but but elsewhere in the country too, are going to experience the same thing. If not right away, then in five years or ten years or or whatever. So, really, every other city in the country ought to be looking at how Houston handles this and and. And getting ready because they're going to be they're going to be dealing with this too. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is this is a, a bit of um, the the hurricane at least. Hopefully, is a bit of an anomaly. But just thinking about all of the repairs and the recovery that needs need to be done, um, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, hurricanes are a great way to stimulate the economy." But when we have a, a shortage of workers who 
are going to be, you know, rebuilding the city, what what is that? I mean, wh- what do you think that's going to look like? What are we facing, and what what is what are some of the people? talk about. And and keep in mind, I mean, we had a shortage, certainly in the construction industry, we had a shortage of labor before the storm, a a very profound shortage. And if you talk to people in the industry, they'll tell you they've been trying for 10, 15 years to find ways to recruit people. Now, Mm -hmm. they're not looking specifically at immigrants. They're looking at, they'd be happy to have native-born workers coming into those jobs. You know, they've tried going to high schools to recruit people. They've tried going to prisons to rehabilitate people to to work in construction. And and they're making some progress at the margins, but it's not enough to feed this demand. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and so really when you look at the available workforce, immigrants are the, the that's where the the numbers come from and the problem that we have right now is that if you want to be a company that follows the law um, you're not able to find enough legal workers to to meet the demand that you have and so there's this whole shadow economy that's kind of created where workers are, are you know being paid in cash they're kind of off the books but they're they're also afraid to to come forward because they don't want to be deported you, you know they have to live in this kind of um, semi-economic existence, I guess you'd say, where, you know, yes, they're making a living, but they're not really able to fully participate in the economy. And the economy is not getting the full benefit of having them own homes, finance cars, uh, you know, things like that. And so um, it it, kind of speaks to the fact that our immigration policies have basically been stagnant for 30 years, Mm -hmm. and we haven't addressed this growing number of people who are here and, and, you know, doing work that, you know, should be... um, you know, brought out of the shadows. The city of Houston can't hire most of the available construction workers in this area because they're not, they can't prove that they're legal. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I was just going to add to that and just say that, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the thing. I mean, there's, you know, again, I, I understand the anti-immigrant argument because as soon as we released these videos, they certainly showed up on my doorstep, right? I mean, um, at least virtually. Um, but I will tell you that there is a real economic argument to bring these guys out of the shadows to help in Houston's recovery on the mm-hmm. construction side. And, you know, you were kind of asking, well, how does that look, right? It's when you see a, an, an economy that was so white hot like Houston's um, have to sort of like slow down to sort of catch up with itself, um, you don't want any limping along. And, th- and that's not just Houston, and it's not just Texas, but the United States does not want Houston to limp along. And I think that when you put 300,000 people out of their homes and it starts to affect their psyche or, or God forbid, they decide to move away, that, that's a real impact that I'm not sure Houston can withstand. And, and the other the other key distinction here is that the solution is not necessarily you know uh, you know a lot of people say well you know we, we you're talking about amnesty we're not talking about amnesty we're not talking about instantly giving you know uh, eleven million people uh, you know an estimated eleven million people instant citizenship what we're talking about is creating a legal framework so that they can work legally they can participate in the economy uh, they can they can you know get the benefits of that the, you know the country can get the benefits of their work and they don't have to you know fear being deported they don't have to fear breaking the law but they could be years and years away from from citizenship i mean mm-hmm. um, the last law that was proposed by congress in 2013 actually had i believe it was a 12 year path to citizenship so i mean it's still a very long haul and there's a lot of hurdles they have to overcome but the point is in the immediate term when we're talking about this rebuilding effort, how do you get them to a place where they can actively help with that effort and not and not have to fear legal repercussions? And you talked to Stan Merrick 
in in the in the in the piece, and that was sort of one of the things that he's been talking about, right? I mean, people <laughs> like Stan. What what do they want to see happen? Yeah, I mean, I think Stan's been pretty vocal about this for quite a while. I mean, his his whole thing, and and if he were here, he would rattle through. You know, ID and tax, ID and tax. That's what it's about. It's about you know identifying uh, uh, who these undocumented workers are mm-hmm. and providing them a way so that they're actually paying taxes just like the rest of us do. Um, and we're not talking about consumer taxes here, which they already pay, but actually, you know, payroll taxes and, and, and get, getting them to, to you know, contribute in the same way that everybody else does. I, you know, and I think it's an important thing to note, Stan's not in, in the, the third episode, right? I mean, we, you know, Stan is such a strong voice here in Houston, but um, so strong, you know, it, it feels like he's in the piece because a lot of what he's saying is being sort of um, repeated you know, at least from a policy perspective, but it's it's Marvin Odom, right? It's the guy that is is really tasked with helping Houston refine its foundation, r- get back on track. It's 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 Marvin who is one of the ones that proposes exactly what what what, what Lauren just said, which is let's find a way to get some sort of identification into these people's hands. Let's mm-hmm. get them paying taxes, and let's get them into a place where they can help in the recovery. Mm-hmm. And that's. That's pretty strong. I mean, I, I got to tell you, as a filmmaker, um, I was, of course, elated to hear like s- people at such a high level, Mayor Turner and 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 Marvin, speak about sort of bringing these people out of the shadows because that's essentially what has to happen. Yeah, Stephen Kleinberg. Yes, Stephen, Stephen Kleinberg, Robert. another great one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have to say, the first time I I listened to the episode, I, or the first time I watched the episode, I just listened to it because I was doing something else and I just wanted to hear it. And I was like, I know that voice. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's Sly Turner. Yeah. That's Kleinberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you were out filming these pieces, uh, I'm, I'm sure you talk to workers. Uh, what, 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 what are they saying? What's, what's it like for them? Well, you know, again, I think that, that, you know, you don't get a lot of, undocumented immigrants that want to be on film, right? Sure, sure. But but when we were shooting the B-roll out there in the field, you get to talk to some of these guys that are that are getting paid cash, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting picked up behind a, a Home Depot or on the side of the road to come do day work, you know, on, on a house that's been damaged. Um, and what's interesting is I'm not sure you have a lot of these guys sort of opining that they don't have, you know, citizenship or they're not residents here. They just want to do the work, right? right? And that's, I think, what's so special about the immigrant workforce. And and we've learned this just through talking to the academics and the other people that are out there, as, as, as well as the people in the field. They, they just want to do the work. They want to be in this country for the most part. And they want to take in that money. And actually, most of that money gets gets sent back home anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, besides, you know, them being able to exist here. So, you know, I, I'm not – what's always interesting, and I get asked that all the time, it's like, what what do the immigrants say? And they don't say a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They, they just want to be here, and they want to find a way for them to be here l- legally. And again, I'm not sure it's as much being a citizen as much as they want to be a resident mm-hmm. because they want – to be in America. They want to pay taxes. They want to do the right thing. And I think that that's one of the things that's been so special about filming this series. 
Well, or at least they want to pay taxes as much as anybody else wants to pay. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, but, exactly. Well, but, yeah, yeah. But, but I will but, say but they kind of look at taxes as the right thing to do, yeah. which is interesting. In, in many cases, yeah. Uh, you know, I went to a, a meeting of, of workers in Austin, actually, and, um, you know, it, it was a, a group that, that tries to address workplace abuses and things like that. But um, when they heard we were making a film, they actually stood up and applauded um, because they were so mm. glad that, that there was somebody that was putting a voice to this, that was trying to explain you know, these issues and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know, putting words in their mouth, but just that, that, you know, they felt like there's been so much negativity about immigration lately that they, they were glad to see somebody making a different argument. Um, and, and one that, that, you know, obviously would, would kind of reflect their point of view. Yeah. So there have been three episodes, right? Yes. Related to immigration. Will there be more? Yes. There will be. So okay. we're we, so we're in production on three more right okay. now. Um, one we're doing um, uh, an episode that's just basically on how to become a citizen, hmm. and um, it you know it shows the 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 circuitous sort of labertine way that we go through bringing people in because you know the thing that we keep hearing back is like you know what part of illegal do they not understand? They need to get in line, you know, and mm-hmm. we're kind of showing people exactly what that looks like, you know, and it's as bad as you think it is, right? It's not easy to become a resident in the United States at all. Um, We also have one on the wall looking at the psychological wall, but also like what security looks like and and how it needs to be addressed in the year 2018, the United States of America, right? Mm -hmm. And then the third one is is looking at um, the American worker and the immigrant worker, um, which is exploring, I mean, Quite frankly, industry in industries like construction, um, you know, as Lauren said before, when you look at people like Stan Merrick, I mean, he can, you know, wax poetically about how the last, was it 12 years, you said, 12, 15 years, he has been trying to recruit American workers into the construction industry. And it's just hard, if not impossible to find. So, you know, those three episodes are rolling out. And, you know, again, we're, we, th- this is one of those issues where it's unfolded to me in a way that once you get in there, whether you're listening to the episode, watching them, it's you start to see the matrix. There are so many places to go with this that that really need to help inform the American public so that they can activate and make the right decisions, especially when they are voting at the polls, yeah. right? It's really yeah. helping people understand. So w- that's that's a long-winded way of saying we hope to do more beyond the next three episodes. Okay. Uh, there's more to come. So Okay. And so people can watch it uh, on the web? It's on the web, uh, rationalmiddle.com. Uh, we'll get you there, or it's on a YouTube channel. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been insane. The response has been incredible. And I got to tell I was I was just uh, talking before about how when I lived in Austin, Texas, nobody had ever told me to go to Houston. <laughs> it just wasn't on anyone's radar. But, um, but, but being here and being able to film Rational of Energy here and now Rational of Immigration, I now sort of get Houston. I mean, I love this town and, and I can't wait to do more sort of episodes with, with Lauren and, yeah. and, and keep doing what we do. Yeah. We might do the rational middle of traffic. Someday. That, that's right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love it. The rational middle of freeways or yeah, that's right. suburbs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. really the ideas are endless. Um, wh- one last question. Who did the music um, we, I, I did the music. Yeah, right, I figured, yes, right. I figured. We, we, we are very particular about the composers that we use. Um, we have, um, again, it's, 
you know, Chris Lyon, who's a producer with me on the series, we have more weird arguments about music than anything. No, I mean, you're talking about immigration, but we like probably argue more about music than anything. I appreciate you you recognizing it. It's it's something that I think makes the series very, very special. Well, it, it was great, but I, I did have to say, that this is, I brought this up because I just wanted to tell you what it reminded me of. Have you heard, have you gotten any comments like, the, the background music on the um oh, oh don't ever tell third... a composer it's background music <laughs> sorry sorry right. um the music the score the score, the score yes, to yes, rebuilding yes. after right. hurricane yes. harvey immigration's crossroad yes reminded me of something have you tell me what it is unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> when you tell me you can't untell me so it's what is it going to be offensive I won't do it. Uh, well, I won't do it if it's if offensive. It's, if it's but... an Arby's commercial, yes. It okay. Will be, yes. No, it's actually from a really, really popular film from kind of our generation. Okay. Risky Business. Wow. Oh. Oh my God. So I got to talk about eating Levi and Risky Business. So <laughs> yep. I, I'm, anytime you want us to come on, we'll come and talk <laughs> nostalgia all day long. As, as I recall, the soundtrack to Risky Business was uh, Tangerine Dream. So that's. I mean, well, Jan, Jan Hammer. Was the um, was the composer? Sorry, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's okay. Tangerine Dream did do the performance, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I, I. Who knows? Maybe I, there's. I a... thought you were going to say The Exorcist. So. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yes. I would just. I would have glossed <laughs> yes. right over that. Yeah, that's... that's right. No. No. But that's. I. I, I mean. I'll, I. I. I love that. That you. That you felt that. I mean. Yeah. Again, I. The, the. The great thing about the rational films is that it really is supposed to sort of elicit a response and like i know that we're talking about music right now but but the 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 films you know you mentioned they should be in schools right mm-hmm. sure they should but 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 to me it's it's unfortunate that we haven't learned that as adults right and if we can present a cinematic movie that somebody actually walks out with 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 information in their pocket that they can utilize to drive an issue forward then then i think we're winning yeah. so anyway all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Oh, good. Yeah. You are definitely welcome anytime. All right. Well, so, we'll be back then. Yeah, for the next three. We'll, we'll, talk, about, uh, we'll talk about your next oeuvre. There you go. <laughs> All right. Listeners, thanks so much for, for being here, joining us. Until next time, please subscribe to Looped In on iTunes or wherever you listen. And please rate us and tell a friend. We're trying to grow our audience. Also, check out more about our podcast and others at HoustonChronicle.com slash podcasts. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, you can reach me on Facebook or Twitter. I am at N Sarnoff. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>